0: Welcome to Products to Profits with Sarah J. Cross, the podcast for creative product fempreneurs who want to play a bigger game and upscale their business. This week's episode is brought to you by the Products to Profits eCourse, a four-step product marketing system with proven strategies that deliver value to your clients, earns their trust and increases your revenue. Head to sarahjcross.com for more information.
1: So welcome to the show. I'm Sarah J. Cross, and I'm here to support you on your journey to becoming a successful product business owner with tips, strategies, and stories to support and guide you through the good times and the challenges of running a product-based business. Today, we're talking to the very amazing Danny Mia, who's the founder of Meribu Candles. And we're talking all about the rapid growth journey of a handmade Australian business. Danny has had an extraordinary journey in her business so far. She has successfully scaled up her product business to having seventy thousand dollars months in the space of just twelve months. Welcome, Danny.
0: Hi. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, now, I guess there's a little background story that we can share with the listeners that we have actually worked together for the twelve past twelve months, uh, and I've. Really wanted to have you on because it's really important for those people that have got a dream and have got a really fabulous product and they are hand-making. They're not just going offshore and bringing back big containers and never having to touch the product. I wanted to find out your journey and for others to learn how it is possible. If you've got a dream and you've got a fabulous product like you do, because I love your candles and I burn them all the time. um, I want you to share like some sort of, you know, it it can be it can kind of, you know, be the kind of the guts and the glory kind of story, Um, you know, so that it will inspire others to pursue that dream. And if you are a handmade Australian business, that it is possible. So tell us more about your business, Mirabu Candles.
0: So we are a family-owned business. Um, You've really kind of done it in a nutshell there. Our product is very handmade. So mum hand pours all our candles. They're all hand-labeled, all hand-packaged. My mother-in-law and mum work in the business with me and um, we pack all the orders, pack all our stockers orders. We've got Stockers Australia-wide. My husband works in the business packing online orders. He's going to hate me for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's very much a family enterprise. My um, dad does our stock pickups and supplies and stocker's drop-offs and it's very much a family handmade business out here in regional New South Wales.
1: Fabulous, fabulous. So how long have you you been in the business and what has the journey looked like so far?
0: So we've been in business for about four years and the journey, I guess, looks like a lot of other businesses that start out as a hobby, a little bit of a side hustle, and then all of a sudden, you one day you wake up and you're running a business without even realising it and it's taking over your whole world and, and in mum's case, taking over her whole house. And <laughs> it was, um, you know, we we're at mum's place for the majority of that time and we always dreamt of having our own studio space or the Mirabu shed as we would call it the journey's not been easy. Like I said, I bootstrap the business. So I've invested my own money in the business from the very beginning and sort of working through that process that comes with its own challenges, you know, in terms of believing in yourself and backing what you're doing. And, you know, it's long hours, it's relentless, it's, you know, you really got to put in those hard yards to to make it work.
1: Yeah. And what's the journey looked like since you started to Uh, where things are right now like when was the turning point when did things just really explode
0: I would say that things started to explode in about Christmas of 2019 so around the time buy from the bush launched and that really shone the light on a lot of you know businesses out here but obviously for us it was fantastic because it shifted people's mindset of thinking about where their products come from and who makes them and the story behind these beautiful brands that were out there that no one even knew existed so for us that really shone the light on us and since then it's just been this crazy roller coaster and i look back as to what we were even 12 months ago and i just pinch myself because we've achieved everything we wanted to and more and it's just it's just been a crazy crazy ride
1: yeah it has been i mean i've been privileged to be part of the journey and to see how quickly and how rapidly you've scaled up and you know the things that you've had to put in place which I want you to talk about you know like um, going from sort of um, you know a, a smaller size business to almost an overnight sort of success where all of a sudden you're having to just order in such large quantities of for all your products you know for all your wax and all your fragrance and for all your glassware as well. Like what have been the biggest successes so far?
0: Definitely the biggest success uh, for us would be achieving our own space. So obviously building a space where we can grow the business because we didn't realize how much it was holding us back being at mum's kitchen table and her kitchen bench and room and our warehouse was my brother's bedroom and it's just like having the room to grow and just looking at like you said ordering higher quantities you get a better unit price so you're able to achieve bigger margins so you can scale quicker and and um yeah we never had the space to be able to do that so for us the space has been just absolutely
1: game-changing for us. Having a dedicated studio space where you can basically house everything in one address because you had one address to be doing all your pouring and then another address to be doing all your shipping and fulfilment. So I guess it probably felt like it was a bit disjointed in some ways. Now it's all under one, one roof.
0: It was funny because sort of this year we kind of outgrew mum's place to the point where i was i'd set up a packing room in my spare room so all our online orders and stocker orders were being packed at my house so i was carting candles and stock back and forth and just being that handmade business and that production line, there's so many condiments, as we call them, there's so many pieces that people don't even think about that go into your product yes. that, you know, it's not until I would get home and go, oh, I don't have any of this to complete this product. And yes. something so silly, but working from two locations and mum and I didn't live in the same town. So, you know, it's only like a 20 minute drive or whatever, but it's just, yeah, having to cart things back
1: and forth. Plus I've got two kids that I was carting back and forth as well. So just yes, I guess we probably need to sort of. In- also say that you have had your hands full with motherhood because you're raising young children who are, what, three and um, about nine months or 10 months. Because when we started working together, I think you were pregnant. Um, you had a, a an office job um, that you hadn't moved full time into Mirabu, but with everything just exploding with buy from the bush and getting the light shone on you, I mean, just having that type of um, awareness brought to the business has just really transformed so much. And obviously tapping into stockers as well. And now you're wholesaling, I understand, um, very, very rapidly. You've gone from what, a handful of stockists, and now you're you're in the hundreds?
0: Hundreds, yeah. So. When we started working together, I think we had probably around about 25 or 30 stockers who would order sort of every now and then.
1: Yeah. And
0: it was, yeah, now we've got almost 130 stockers. We actually got our first international stockers the other day in New Zealand. So that's something that, you know, we really want to start looking into a lot. And it's just amazing how quickly the stockers, the wholesale side of it's grown. And for sure, a large part of that is buy from the bush and people wanting to support Uh, those regional businesses that generally sort of um, be put by the side because they go for those bigger brands that are more recognizable because that's what the consumer wanted but I think and I guess to a certain extent they still do but there's a lot more consumers out there now that are very much aware of where their product comes from and who's making it and
1: wanting to support you know Mm -hmm brand story. Yeah and I think one thing that you actually did mention to me and I guess this is something for a lot that you know a lot of handmade businesses probably um, perhaps sometimes miss the mark on and that you really nailed down which gave you bigger opportunities was that you actually always projected your business with your packaging and presentation and your marketing um, that you actually have always done that at a really high level so it's always been you know like everything has always been very, um, you know, classic and streamlined and timeless. And I know, um, I think you told me that Buy From The Bush actually sort of were going to reject you because they thought you were a much, much bigger business than what you actually are.
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of people thought that we were a lot bigger than we are because we kind of built it that way and made it look that way I've, I've got a marketing and design background so I know the importance of good photography I know the importance of investing in graphic design and not looking at that as an expense because at the end of the day that's how your product looks so I think that from the outset people seeing these beautiful polished photos on Instagram they thought oh you know these guys are massive they've you know they're poured elsewhere and you know they must have a warehouse somewhere but then when I started sharing the behind the scenes photos especially at Christmas and the time lapse of mum and I packing in our dressing gowns I think people then started to realize and I think a part of me as well didn't want to share that side of it because it wasn't perfect and I thought for the longest time we don't have the shed yet so I don't want to share any behind the scenes because it's mum's house like you know it's not clean like tidy because it, there was just stuff everywhere but people loved it it was such a good response and you know obviously it's a little bit more tidy now our own space but yeah it's still one of those things that people do really love learning where their product comes from so I kind of got the mix right there
1: yeah I think you've got the story right and I think you're right like I still remember seeing you doing lots of insta stories with a new baby in your dressing gown and um you know having your your cup of tea in hand and I you know I really admire that about you because you weren't actually sort of you know wanting to depict it was a different type of operation and I think that's where people resonate with and connect emotionally connect with your story and why you have so many repeat buyers um I think a strong point of difference um, is, like you said, setting it up so that your marketing and packaging and presentation is really professional, that you don't skimp on those areas um, because it is really um, about the whole story, you know, And, and I think that's where sometimes people will kind of bootstrap it to the point where it looks so handmade that it's actually hard to transition into a more of a commercial business
0: Absolutely, and that is for sure. Like when we first started, though, like I don't know if you've seen our first first products that we ever did. We did do mason jars, and we had the string tag, and we printed our own labels, and it was very, it was very handmade in markets. But then, uh, you know, we sort of got to the point where we're like, okay, well, we need to start looking a little bit more professional. We need to source different vessels and something different that's not out there in the marketplace because there's a lot that look the same. And so that's when we sort of went down the road with the um, brushed gold lid, which we still have. And they're our top sellers. Our stockists love them. And they are very classic and luxe and beautiful.
1: And that's why the stockists love them in their store. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you really nailed it. Sometimes just keeping things really classic, minimalist and not following other trends. But, you know, nailing the packaging and the presentation was an easy transition for you, even though, um, you might have started off doing the sort of the more homegrown organic um, market-type packaging. The moment you've moved into having things that sort of really nice, streamlined, minimalist, it caters to such a wide audience. Um, it doesn't come down to a taste or will that fit in the suit someone's store or um, in their home. But I think that there has been a really big uprising in Australia since the drought which we suffered from last year, and then the bushfires, which were just horrific, um, that um, impacted so many people's businesses. And there has been now COVID. So there's been a series of really major, you know, um, climate and, and um, life sort of um, tragedies that have happened that I think has brought more awareness to the importance of, of supporting Australian-made businesses.
0: Absolutely. And yeah. Uh,
1: so, what are your top tips that you could say you've learned from managing this rapid growth of the business over the past sort of, you know, nearly, well, I guess almost 12 months?
0: Yeah, I guess the biggest thing for me was realizing that I can't do everything. I am a typical Virgo. I'm such a control freak. I have, <laughs> to have everything a certain way. I'm such a perfectionist. And saying that outsourcing has been absolutely game changing for me. So it's enabled me to focus more on building the business and spend more time doing the marketing side of it. And, you know, freeing up my brain to even get to the point where I'm jumping on Instagram stories now, which 12 months ago, I would never have done. I would have been way too scared and too nervous to do it. So getting Mm -hmm. over myself in that regard, because it wasn't about me anymore. So Yeah. And I think, you know, I was so bogged down doing other things like, you know, the hand labeling. And yes, I still do a bit of that for sure. I'm after this, I'm about to go and label 200 candles that are going to go in the post tomorrow, but um, you know, just freeing myself up that little bit and just streamlining processes and just making it so much simpler. And when you've got a handmade product, it is hard because if you're the only one in the business, you're the only, so, you know, getting other people in to help and teaching them the right way to do things and it's definitely a work in progress for sure. We're letting
1: go and and automating some processes. I know you used to handwrite labels and handwrite uh, cards. So um, I know that uh, that's sort of changed now because of the volume that you're doing. You just simply don't have the time. You have to streamline.
0: Yeah, with the uh, mailing labels, yes, we were still handwriting on those even into this year. But we now have our Australia Post business account, which is. <laughs> Changing for me. It's changed. Yes. I no longer sit at up at night with a cup of tea sending everyone's tracking information. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I we still do the handwritten card just because as a bush business, people really love it. So I still try to make sure I put pen to paper as often as I can with hubby mm-hmm. packing the orders. It's kind of hard because um, you know, I can't always be there. But if I am, I do put like yes. even just a little love heart or something yeah. on the paper so then people know yeah. that the real person that's yeah yeah
1: so it's basically your probably your biggest tip is really um, letting go of the things that you don't need to be doing or that you don't enjoy um, and outsourcing so that you can actually keep scaling
0: for sure and i think a part of that as well as your mindset because i think it was something you mentioned to me 12 months ago. Oh, well, you, you know, you're going to need to get someone else to do that. And I just wasn't in that frame of mind because I thought, no, well I don't mind doing it and I can do it. I can't really afford someone else to do it, but you can't afford not to because you're at the end of the day, you're bogged down doing all those tasks that you're better at other things. And there's so many people that can do what you're doing, but there's things in your business that other people just can't do. on yeah. the marketing and strategy side of it. And maybe you're not good at that. Maybe you're good at something else, but, there's always going to be someone that is able to do something to help you to free you up to do the thing that you're good at that helps make your business you
1: know more yeah better. I always say focus on the income generating and outsource the back end, outsource the things so that you're not on the tools that you're actually out the front of the business, which is what you're doing really well, Danny, sharing the story and sharing behind the scenes and meet the maker and um, and just being really real about business you know of what it's like to to grow a family business so rapidly and I think that's where a lot of your success has come from as well as having really beautiful quality um, and packaged um, products as well. so now that you've achieved this level of success, what's next for maribou candles?
0: So I thought about this one because there's so many things I want to do but at the moment for me it's I'm still working on streamlining processes I'm still working on outsourcing some elements because we've outgrown our space and we need to work out how we can make it work better Um, but also just I've got two young kids I need to Know that it wasn't all for nothing as well. So I'm trying to create a bit more of a lifestyle that involves them. I work all the time. I get up really early in the morning. So this morning I was up at three. Um, I just there's things that I still need to get up and do, but I don't I don't want to have to do that long term. And I know it's okay for now because I know that it's not forever. But I do want to get to the point where I don't have to do that and I can say, right, kids, we can do something on Saturday because mommy doesn't have to work. But at the moment, unfortunately, that is just the way that it is and coming into silly season, coming into Christmas, it's just the way that it has to be for now and then we just look forward to a break in the new year.
1: Yeah, I think you guys will all need to recharge um, in the new year because um, I'm backing that, you know, some of the sales months, I think you said at one stage um, you had one, you know, really big successful sales month. I think it was uh, around the Mother's Day period and you made in one month what you had made in an entire year yeah. so that's how intense things have been is that you've been able to pretty much scale a business to be hitting your monthly goals um that were formerly your yearly sales which is you it's know
0: so funny, like looking back on the targets that I set I've got a board in my office and I never like it's always my 12-month goals and I've got um yeah whatever I had for the month and it's so funny because now we can do that in a day and it's just it blows me away of how much it's grown and what we've been able to do, and I'm just I'm just so proud of everyone in my business and what we've been able to to achieve.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm so proud of you too because I've I've witnessed um, something that I think I think a lot of people always have that dream, but sometimes they don't always back themselves or they have those limiting self beliefs that they don't want to invest in the in the the future success of their business and you did that you actually saw an opportunity and you knew you wanted a, a lifestyle business that would fit in around you raising your children and being a family business that you could all have that support with each other um and you've nailed it you know you you backed yourself and you've nailed it so it's a success story that I'm super proud of you and um I think that you know this sort of success I actually never thought you achieve something so big but it has happened and it can happen for you know other Aussie handmade businesses too kind of
0: absolutely yeah for sure and I think you hit the nail on the head there like backing yourself it's so important but it is so hard to back yourself and sometimes you it, it, because everyone when you first start out everyone's in your corner and everyone's cheering you on and everyone wants you to do well and is always asking about it and then after a few years it's ticking along and ticking along and people stop asking they stop you know they start questioning whether it is going to work and that makes you question it as well but I kind of got to a turning point 12 months ago where I was like right I'm just going to give this everything I've got for the next 12 months and I'm just going to see what happens and I did things invested money that I did tell my husband that I was doing and <laughs> I'm glad that it paid off But it's just you know I really backed myself because I thought no I I we've worked too hard yes just to go away and when I kind of decided I'd left a meeting with an accountant actually and he said to me you know um, it's too hard just let it go and I walked out of that meeting thinking oh God you know maybe it is too hard it's you know it's it's so much so much work goes into creating a candle in our business and but then I thought you know it's so weird what you think of when someone like when you're thinking okay I'm going to close it down I'm going to have to ring all the stockists and tell them and I thought of one stockist in particular and I thought how am I going to ring her and say oh this is your last candle order I'm so sorry because when we went in there to ask her to stock our products because that's the way we used to do it my sister and I went in we did not even have a a product with us we just had a photo on our phone of our <laughs> She believed in it and she yeah. in us and she loved the story and she loved what we stood for and I just thought there has to be more of you out there Like there yeah.
1: has to be more stores out there well, there, are. There. <laughs> there are, are there. <laughs> you saying. actually found them you flushed them out and it's been phenomenal I think um I know that you know in terms of really sort of drilling into that story and that brand awareness I think you've um, probably had a bit of a um, a light shed moment um, with identifying who is your audience who are your customers
0: it's so funny because I thought I knew who they were and I went to a retreat back in March and your retreat actually and I was sitting there and everyone's like okay so who um, buys in your online store what are their names and I was like oh yeah i got this now okay it's, it's 25 to 35 yeah that's my that's my audience <laughs> and then one of the girls was looking at my list and like no your audience is like older than that they're like sandra's and debbie's and
1: Kamala's and yeah uh, yeah i remember you telling me that story and i think it's just amazing because you know for a number of years you had probably really envisaged that it was the younger demographic of maybe first homeowners buying candles, and it turns out it, it wasn't at all.
0: No, not at all. And I really know who our audience is now, and it's it's such a light shed moment, like you said. It's it's been game changing knowing who my audience, knowing who I'm speaking to, knowing how to talk. Because like I even have to Google my like I Google or ask my sister sometimes what certain acronyms mean on social media because I don't know some of the yeah. new you know, lingo that these young ones use. And I thought I was doing that. My audience would have been like, what does that mean? They would have been messaging their family members or calling up their children saying, what does TMI mean? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm even still like that. Like I'm in my 40s and I have to ask my teenagers, you know, what does this mean? And they're like, oh, mom, you know, like you should know. But I I think that's the thing that's important. It's just getting um, an alignment of and an understanding of of being able to scale up and let go and recognise that you just can't wear all the hats. As well as building this business, you're also raising a family. And the reason for having the business and a family-based business is that you want to have a lifestyle that actually is complementary. And I see a lot of times people set up with a business and the business ends up controlling them it ends up burning them out they you know they kind of go into being a bit of a martyr because they're doing all the all the jobs and they're um, not able to grow they're not able to get any profits out and they end up getting really exhausted and not being able to continue.
0: Totally and I think having that support system around you is so important you need people in your corner you need people who are they're cheering you on and they're able to grab the ball when you've dropped it because there's so many days I keep every ball in the air and I absolutely firing on all cylinders and other days I completely drop everything and. Yeah, you're going to have those days, but I think having you know your family around you or your team, whatever it is that you build around you just that support system. Yeah. Whether it's just someone to vent to or you know someone to yeah. Mind yeah, you.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Them. Yeah. So Danny, to others wanting to scale up their own business to this level that you've achieved, what are the most important things to focus on?
0: So i have kind of gone over them, but the two biggest things for me is outsourcing and streamlining. So, you know, really looking at your business and even if it is having someone else look at your business and working out, you know, write it down on a piece of paper what is it that you're doing in the business every day, what is earning you money, what isn't you know, pulling it all apart and saying, okay, well, what can I outsource to free me up to do more of this, which I know this is what is going to help me scale my business. And then streamlining those processes, like you said, not handwriting on your mailing labels because that's just crazy. (laughs) When you're doing the scale, but like when you think about it, you've got to kind of gear yourself up for that growth and kind of build it and you know when you do grow and go through rapid growth and we've had massive growing pains the last couple of weeks have not been easy they've Mm -hmm. been so challenging they've been long hours and you know when you're like myself and my mum we're ever ready bunnies we just go and go and go but we have to learn to stop and sometimes we have to be told to stop but having people in to help has been amazing so the outsourcing thing for sure and even. Having people come in to do like a load of washing or something like that as a mum, you know, you do all that as well. So just help in all different areas. But I'm definitely not there yet. I'm getting there.
1: <laughs> I think you've done really well. And I think that you've recognized uh what are all the important elements that you need to kind of keep all the balls in the air. And I I, uh, you know, take my hat off to you because it's not easy raising, you know, young children, newborn baby and having a business like this. But you've, as you said, you've got a great support network. So that has actually really been um, a major um, tool that you've had um, to be able to help you to get to this level, which is amazing. And, and I see, you know, this coming Christmas season, you're going to be incredibly busy and your, your dream of having your Meribu shed um, that you have successfully been able to build in that in that twelve month period, you know, I take my hat off to you that you've outgrown it already because, like, you know, there's bigger bigger things to come.
0: It's so funny because we look at some things that we did and we're like, why did we build it like that? Why did we do that? Why would we ever think that that was going to work? But it's so crazy that when we started looking at it in March, we're not we're not that business anymore and it's something so different and yeah. no one could have predicted what happened
1: yeah and, uh
0: yeah it's just it's been amazing
1: yeah so wonderful thanks so much danny for being here today on the podcast and and as as you are a very down-to-earth and very approachable and very honest person it's really nice to hear about your journey of success of, of scaling a handmade product business um it It is totally available for anyone who wants to do it if you've got the passion and the drive. Um, So, Danny, if anyone wants to, um, you know, find out where they can go and obviously buy your beautiful candles, um, can you share some of your uh, website and social links?
0: Yeah, so you can shop at miraboo.com.au. Miraboo is always one of those tricky words to spell. So it's M-E-R-A-B-O-O com and our instagram is at miraboo candles so active there
1: yeah you're very active there so that's great so if you've missed anything today or you'd like to go back and revisit danny's advice again in more detail you can click on the link to download today's show notes and get a copy of everything we've talked about today in your email inbox it's time for me to say goodbye and i'll see you in the next episode
0: Loved this episode of Products to Profits? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated.